Today is Monday, October the 31st, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, it's Therapy Monday as I break down everything that happened over the weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium as the Gamecocks drop their homecoming matchup against the Missouri Tigers by a final score of 23-10. to 10. Guys, I will break down and relive everything that happened on Saturday afternoon. I'll talk my biggest takeaway, which, of course, fire Marcus Satterfield, this broken Gamecocks offense. We'll talk all three phases. What this game means in the grand scheme of things, what Shane Beamer needs to do, and what South Carolina football can salvage moving forward. Also, we'll hand out some TSUS game balls. We'll talk slap dick of the weekend and hand out the weekly Cock Commander Award as well. Guys, all that and more. Also, news and notes to get into your listener questions. We've got tons of voicemails also, guys. As you can imagine, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, you go in 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks optimizers or mass multi-entry guys it's literally just you against the projection they also allow mixed sport entry so for example you can take the over on lebron parlay with the under on mahomes parlay with the over on rattler you can play college sports pro sports anything and everything you could think of they have got it they've also got a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play and they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews guys so many listeners and fans of the spurs up show have made we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tons of money with our friends over at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
wish you guys could see me right now. Because I am laid up in bed like I'm at a therapy session. Literally, when you think of people going to therapy, when they're laying in that 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 typical, that prototypical chair, right, in the therapist's office, and they're sitting there looking at the sky, they're looking at the ceiling, and they're talking about all their problems and everything that's going awry, and, and they're trying to seek out advice and how to fix it, right? That's exactly what I'm doing right now. Because this is a therapy Monday to the maximum that has me questioning (laughs) so many things that I thought I once knew. And we've got a lot to get into, guys. I've got a lot to say and a lot to vent. I first want to say thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy to tune in today after that abomination of a game that we witnessed on Saturday. But the fact is this, we're all in it together. We're all left here on this Monday, the final day of October, once formerly known as Cocktober, because after that game Saturday, there's no way you can call it that anymore. We're all left here together. (laughs) Together to pick up the pieces. You you know, it's funny, guys. I heard something the other day about uh, relationships, and I just, when I heard it, or I thought back to it, and I felt like it could apply really well to this current situation and many different situations in life, obviously. But the guy was talking about marriage and, and people getting divorced. And the point that he made about it was that people that get divorced 10 to 15 years down the road, right, that those people could avoid those situations and those scenarios if they were smart enough or willing to pay attention to the red flags and the deal breakers that come up within the first 10 to 15 minutes in the first conversation. And I got to thinking about that, right? And I felt like I was like, you know, that can apply to a lot of different things in life because I ignored the red flag or red flags, if you will. I ignored the quote-unquote deal breaker when it came to this football team. You know, when you're winning And it's easy to get caught up in the hype and the hoopla and drink the Kool-Aid. And you don't think about the red flags, right? You don't don't think about those negative things, right? Because you're in the midst of the present moment of winning. But the fact of the matter is this. Those red flags, they don't just go away. They may subside for a while. They may not be the point of emphasis for quite a while. But at some point, at some point, they're going to rear their ugly head. They're going to come to the forefront. And when they do, there will be no denying it. There will be no getting around it. And swift action will have to be taken. And that's where I feel like I am right now. 
with South kind of football. Again, guys, I got a ton to say uh, before we dive into everything really quickly again. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, all of y'all tuning in. Thank y'all to everybody who came by the tailgate on Saturday. Uh, I'd argue, guys, my favorite part of game day. You know, the games are great. You know, I love it. I love creating content. But meeting you guys in person, uh, seeing you all face-to-face and and talking Gamecocks and just feeling the love, man, I I, I can't say thank you enough and how grateful I am, and I truly appreciate it. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I I have to lock in mentally and do my thing because – uh, you know, I, I hear people saying, Chris, you need to say this on the show, say this on the show, say this on the show. And I really do appreciate it. No, I, I mean, I really do appreciate it. I, I, I feel um, it, it's an honor, the fact that so many people look at me as someone that speaks for the fan base. And I feel like I can be that person. I am that person because I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan. We're all in this together. As I said before, I bleed the garnet in black. I live it. I breathe it. I die it. But uh, it's just so cool, man, talking to you guys and I had so many people after the game hit me up, Chris, you you, you got to be the one. You gotta, go on a rant, do this. It, it just it made me laugh, honestly. And I'm trying to laugh through the pain right now. I, I know many of us are feeling pain on this Monday, but uh, I, I just want to say thank you, man. It means the world, the love, the support, man. Y'all, uh, even even through the losses, you know, even when, through the rough times, um, it it is it is such a blessing, and I'm and I'm so fortunate to be the position I am in life, and the fact that people depend on me and and my content and the content we create and the merchandise and everything man that's that feels good you know it feels good to be dependent on it feels good to um to know that what you say and and what you do it resonates with people and uh when you guys come up and show love man and we're able to interact and and i feel that it it just means the world so again i want to say thank y'all so much uh really quick guys a couple quick reminders for we really rock with everything uh of course it's vandy week so the watch parties are back now that the gamecocks are back on the road and so we are back at the Carolina Alehouse locations. We will be at the Carolina Alehouse in Greenville, South Carolina on Woodruff Road. So we'd love to have you guys come out there. Uh, we had a great, great turnout. I think it was probably our best turnout of the summer when we did the TSUS tour. Uh, we'd love to see all our great upstate Gamecocks and Greenville Gamecocks. I'm sure there's a lot of you making that trip to Nashville, which if you are, hey, I don't blame you. But uh, for those who are not and you're in the upstate, you're around the Greenville area, guys, would love to have you come on out uh, to the Woodruff Road location in Greenville, South Carolina, Carolina Ale House. Again, the game kickoff at 730. Yours truly going to get there probably about halftime of the Georgia-Tennessee games, about 530 or so. Definitely want to watch that game beforehand. But uh, we'll be out there, set up, good to go. Uh, I'll have the Beamerball towels, koozies on sale, on hand. I know you guys are probably going to ask. I will not have... The fire uh, sat merch on hand, but that is available on the store, tsus.store. And by the time you're hearing this, I have added long sleeves and hoodies as well to the collection. Listen, I'm a man of the people, and I know what the people want, and uh, I'll be rocking my fire sat merch at the next home game, the Tennessee game on the 19th. But uh, for those of you who are interested in such things uh, and you want your voice to be heard, through merchandise, we've got the Fire Sat merch available over at TSUS.store. But again, guys, would love to see you out Saturday for the watch party, Carolina Ale House in Greenville, South Carolina on Woodruff Road as the Gamecocks take on Vandy Saturday night at 7.30. That was a nightmare. Um, Golly, I mean, where do you even start? I know where you start. I'll say this, guys. Defensively, I really don't have any complaints. I'm starting with the other things because 
obviously you guys know that like 95% of this show is going to be about Marcus Satterfield and the offense, as it should be, and the fact that his ass needs to be grass, A-S-A-P. But I want to say first things first, the defense, you know, I, I thought this team as a whole, let me say this too, because I, I know a lot of folks were worried about the quote-unquote letdown game and that South Carolina was going to allow the, the ranking and, and the press clippings and, and all the hype and hoopla get their head after winning four in a row and winning back-to-back SEC games and obviously snapping the streak over Texas A&M. And I just want to say this. You know, did you look sluggish coming out? Yes, you did. You know, I I think the biggest complaint on you know on defense was the the missed tackles and the lack of contain on the edges. But all in all, guys, I don't look at Saturday as the reason you lost was because you had some sort of letdown game or because you you took Mizzou lightly or because you did not come out ready to play. Um, especially on the defensive side. You know, I thought the defense locked down for the most part uh, after a couple of tough early drives. I mean, they tried to keep you in the game as much as they possibly could, but obviously, guys, when you've got an offense as stagnant as South Carolina's and you keep going three and out, three and out, three and out, your time of possession so short, your defense is getting worn down, I mean, they're going to break at some point. They're going to quote-unquote break. You give up 23 points in an SEC game, and I know Mizzou's offense wasn't very good, but all things considered, um, 23 points is fine. You know, that that that's not like a horrid outing in a conference game. Uh, special teams, obviously, was, was fine. There were not those big plays. You didn't get Beamer ball to the moon, if you will. You didn't get those game-changing special teams plays. And I tell you guys, on that note and to that point, right, you didn't force any turnovers defensively and you didn't get a game-breaking special teams play. And I tell you what, I give my guy Mike Gillespie, good friend of mine, Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia, I'll give him credit for this statistic that I saw in pregame. And it just really stood out to me when I read it because I did not realize the gravity of how badly South Carolina has to have those type of plays to have any type of success as a football team. Guys, after Saturday, get this, the Gamecocks are 5-0 and when they force a turnover. They are 0-3 when they do not. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Well, I'm going to be stating the obvious, and when I say the offense – stinks, right? The offense stinks. And it's because your offensive coordinator stinks, right? But when your offense stinks as bad as South Carolina's does, if you're not getting big plays from your defense and your special teams, you're not going to have any type of success. Like, If defensively you play, let's say, a solid game, but you're not getting those big opportunistic plays, and then things are even on the special team side, you are not good enough. You're not competent enough. Your offensive coordinator isn't smart enough to set up your offense to go win mano-a-mano and go outscore the opponent. That is out of the question at this point. 
And I said it in the post game, guys, and, and I'll say this. I don't apologize for picking the Gamecocks to win. You know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry for picking a win or a loss, right? And I don't regret anything because, you know, this time last week, guys, we were smoking the Aggie pack, man. And 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 listen, I got caught up in the hype. I got caught up in the hoopla. I got caught up in the Beamer ball to the moon. And you know why? Because it felt so freaking good. It felt so good to win. You know, there's this misconception out there by some that, you know, Chris wants to call for coaches' jobs. He wants to call, you know, he's the fire must champ guy. He wa- He called for fire Martin. He called for fire Kingston. He loves, he gets his rocks off calling for coaches to be fired. Man, I'd so prefer us win every game, guys, because last week was awesome. <laughs> last week was incredible. I'd so prefer us win every single game and all of my content be centered around talking shit to the opponent, smoking the packs of everyone we play. I'd much prefer that be the scenario. So forgive me for getting caught up in the hype. Forgive me for getting caught up in the hoopla. Forgive me for drinking the Kool-Aid for just a moment, because I'll say this, you know, what happened on Saturday? Was it surprising in the sense that I did not expect that performance to happen against Missouri? Yes. Was it shocking, though? No, it was not. Because as I mentioned at the top of the show, that red flag didn't go away, right? That that red flag was there. And I think we all knew, and I think we even acknowledged that we were winning the style or the method in which we were winning games was not sustainable, right? You, you can't bank on turnovers, get, gaining turnovers defensively every game. You, you can't gain, you know, you can't bank on a, a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, a blocked punt every single game. At some point, right, we knew at some point you were going to have to give the devil his due. At some point, you were going to have to pay the Pied Piper, however you want to phrase it. You were going to have to face reality. At some point, the facets of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, Defense and special teams were going to be even. And the game was going to be dictated by could you move the ball offensively or not. That game was Saturday. That game was Saturday. And the answer, a resounding no. And it all comes back to Marcus Satterfield. Guys, let me make this clear, by the way. I I was enjoying the winning because as I told you all, hey, Today, even more so, reinforces what I said weeks ago, and I think I may have even said it last week, maybe on the Daily Crow. It even more so reinforces what I said about, guys, when your team wins, really, and I mean really, go out of your way to enjoy it. That's what I do. I celebrate the hell out of the wins. Because you know what? It's guaranteed when you lose 
you're going to feel like we do today, which is downright miserable. Downright miserable. Disgusted. Sick to your damn stomach. So no matter how you're winning, guys, we could have beaten Missouri 7-3 to Saturday, and it wouldn't have mattered. I would have been giddy to just win five in a row. I really would have. But make no mistake, we understood, and I understood how we were winning games, that we were, in a sense, cheating death. But the winning felt fun, guys. That, that, that's a given, right? That's obvious. The winning felt fun. But everything came to a head Saturday. Everything came to a head. And watching that offense, and you look, I mean, if we made a list of things right now that were all things we deemed as damning evidence as to why Marcus Satterfield should no longer be on staff at the University of South Carolina. You know, guys, I said after Shane Beamer's first season that Beamer was smart to retain Marcus Satterfield. And I actually, you know, believe it or not, I actually stand by that. And here's why, in case you missed that. Because I felt like after year one, you don't really know. You had that quarterback carousel and, you know, personnel issues, obviously. And I felt like, you know what, unless you've got a guy, and I trust Shane Beamer above all else. So if he would have made the move, guys, I'd have been fine with it. But unless you've got the home run hire in your back pocket, you don't make the move. Because right now, guys, right now, what you're seeing, Marcus Satterfield is the scapegoat, okay? And he, and he should be. I mean, he should be the guy we're all looking at. It's his offense, right? As I mentioned over the summer, he's the driver of the car, right? You went from the beat-up hoopty to the Ferrari, right? He's the driver of the car, right? And I'm going to talk Rattler. I'm going to talk the line, the receivers, all that jazz. But at the end of the day, he's the one. He's the offensive coordinator. His job is to get the offense coordinated and all on the same page, which is so, so ironic, right? It's so ironic because the last thing we look is coordinated. That is far from one of the adjectives I would use to describe our offense. But he is the supposed mad scientist behind it all, right? And he is catching the heat. And so he is the quote-unquote scapegoat right now. But we knew coming in this season that there was a possibility, right, that Sat was not it. And you saw troubling signs early on in Georgia State, and we've seen the play this season of Spencer Rattler, which, listen, man, I, I, I've heard the cries for Rattler to get benched, and, I, you know, all, all opinions are fair. I just I just pose this question to you though, if you really like, do you really believe benching Spencer Rattler is going to fix anything? 
Do you, I mean, do, do you, and I like Luke Doty a lot. Do you really think Luke Doty is the answer to our prayers? Do you think Dak Joyner, guys, is the answer to our prayers? Do you think a true freshman is the answer to our prayers? More so than a guy who at one time was thought of as a Heisman Trophy kind of dude? I mean, I mean, really, genuinely, I know you just want to try different things, but that's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, as the great Morgan Wallen likes to say. That ain't fixing anything in my mind. But back to what I was saying earlier, if we were making a list of all the damning evidence against Marcus Satterfield, I mean, guys, you think about it. There are so many things outside of the statistics and the numbers and the field of play. That's what's so scary. You've got the clip from earlier in the season when Josh Van talked about running something on third down they hadn't practiced in weeks. Then you got this, this Bennett kid, right, that commits to Tennessee, and you hear all the, the rumors. And, guys, I can tell you this, too. They're not just rumors from folks I've talked to within the building that recruited him. You can do the math on that. That told me straight up, Chris, he he didn't commit to us because he looks at us and he looks at Tennessee and he wants to play in a fun offense. And he doesn't see us getting better offensively. What does that tell you? Right? What does that tell you? So you got that situation. Right? Then, then, you got Jaheim Bell's mom after the game. Going off. The Bell family folks, not good. Not good. I'll get more into that situation in just a second. Then, you have Spencer Rattler's post-game comments, which, guys, I am not even over-exaggerating when I heard Spencer Rattler's post-game comments talking about, we got to do a better job of knowing what to do. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. The full quote is on our social media. But that quote, and I know you know which one I'm talking about. When I heard that, guys, I'm not even over-exaggerating. My jaw dropped. I, I, I genuinely could not believe what I had heard. So you factor all that in. Then you factor in things that Marcus Satterfield himself has said. We didn't bring him here to hand the ball off. Talking about his 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 identity and we want to be 12, 13 personnel, run for 275. What is this, 1994? And then the latest malpractice talking about, you know, if it was up to me, Jaheim Bell get the ball 20 times a game. He'd get it a thousand times. And everybody's just left scratching their heads like, well, who is it up to if it's not up to you? This offense, guys, I mean, and that's my biggest takeaway besides just saying fire sat. My biggest takeaway is this offense is just broken beyond repair. And that listen, that is not to say by the way cuz I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be positive Pauly on this Monday. But when I say that 
that is not to say that, well, season's over. We're going to lose every game we have left. Go ahead and pack it up. I'm not saying that, guys. You know, it's so funny. I thought I was mad about losing to Missouri, and then I went on social media, and my God, some of y'all, some of y'all out there, I mean, holy shit. Y'all ready to burn the damn program down. And for the slap dicks out there, that a year and a half into the Beamer tenure, have the audacity. I don't know where some of y'all get the audacity, but have the audacity to utter fire Beamer. Unreal. I'll get into that more in just a second. We'll talk about that a lot. <laughs> a lot on TDC this week, I'm sure. But the offense is broken, guys. I, I, I'm not telling you anything you didn't know. And I know many of you have been screaming at me for weeks. Chris, Chris, the offense. And the guys, I understand. Listen, I, I, and I've got to be better. I've got to be better because I pride myself on not getting caught up in the hype and the hoopla and drinking the Kool-Aid. And, 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 I, and I pride myself on being 110% realistic and seeing things for what they are and not what I want them to be. And I got caught up in that last week. I do apologize to you all. I feel like, to a degree, it is my responsibility to be the voice of reason when it comes to you all out there. So I do want to take a moment to apologize for getting out over my skis and hyping this thing up into something that it never was. But Marcus Satterfield is a freaking bum. And watching that offense on Saturday, I mean, guys, I, I use the word sputter to describe them going into the bye week, and, and that that to me is like too kind at this point. The lack of creativity, the the just unwillingness to think outside of the box at all. I, I mean, screenplay, screenplay, power left, power right, screenplay, screenplay, bubble screen, tunnel screen on third and 18, guys. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd goes out of the game. Nothing. No, RIP the running game. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. Guys are playing in half speed because they're getting up to the line, looking over to the sideline. Let's change the play. Let's change the play. Let's check. Let's check. I mean, we look like we have no clue what's going on. Not, like just there's, I mean, guys, to say there's no flow to the offense is not even remotely it, it it's 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 not even remotely bold enough of a statement like that's it, that's that's putting it far too lightly to say that well there's just no flow to the offense i, I mean there's not even uh, it, it just stinks it, it just flat out reeks it is a Flaming pile of garbage is what it is. And it starts with Marcus Satterfield. And it starts and it ends with him. I know, guys, Spencer Rattler has not been very good this year. 
I, I he hadn't. I mean, the stats are abysmal. And he's either going to be back in Columbia next season or he's going to be playing quarterback in another college because there ain't no damn way he's going to the NFL. I, I just, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And then the, the again, the malpractice to, to, to get Jaheim Bell the ball zero times and not only not getting the ball zero times, not even targeting. I mean, that is... And I saw somebody phrase it beautifully on social media. I forget who it is, so I apologize. But somebody said, you know, at least Roper and McClendon, they sucked. But they got the ball to Debo. And Mike Bobo sucked too, but he got the ball to Kevin Harris and Shai Smith. The best players touched it. I mean, Marcus Satterfield is not even getting the ball. And guys, I, I am I am as critical and as harsh on personnel. You guys know this as anybody. I mean, I'll flat out and tell you if a guy isn't, isn't worth a damn, if he if he's just not cut out for this level, I've done it and hurt many folks' feelings before. You have all seen it firsthand. But a guy like Jaheim Bell, man, with his skill set, I just I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that this dude does not have the talent. And you know what? There's some folks out there, the conspiracy theorists, I guess, that want to say he's not that good. Oh, he's, you know, he's just overrated. He's not that good. Well, you can think that. But I tell you what, when it comes to this offense that ain't got no playmakers on it, practically, he's one of the best on this offense. And he's not touching the ball. He's not even getting targeted. And you got, and this is all due respect to the kid, but you got Nate freaking Atkins, the son of Greg Atkins. You got Nate Atkins, the East Tennessee State transfer out there, getting a target, but Jaheim Bell can't get one. Guys, that's, I mean, that, that, that is, that's Looney Tunes shit right there. That, that's, I'm taking loony pills, I feel like. I mean, I I, I want to come down on the receivers. I, I want to come down on the running backs. I want to come down on the O-line. I want to come down on Spencer Rattler, but it doesn't even feel like to me they got a chance, guys. It is so hard for me to judge those guys. It's a broken scheme, man. It, it's a broken passing game. And I just don't think there's really much salvaging it. Now, I'll say this because I know many of you are sitting here and, and looking at your watch. You're looking at the clock saying, Chris, how is Marcus Satterfield still employed? I, I don't think it's a decision or, or, or a move, I should say, that Shane Beamer is going to make until end of season. And, and I'll say this too. If he is going to make the move, Right before in a season, it's going to be internally, and we're not going to hear about it. Just my opinion. Hey, you know what? We could get, and I don't think you know. I'm not trying to speak this out there. We could go get shut out at Vandy. Maybe then they pull the plug. I don't know, but right now, as we sit here, I don't think a move will be made until end of season. Satterfield's contract runs out. They choose to not renew it. 
Adios. See you later. Best of luck. We're moving on. But guys, through eight games, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm Beamer ball to the moon. I love Shane Beamer. They they can they can coach speak you to death all they want. This offense is going to keep being what it's being. We're not all of a sudden, guys. We're eight games in this thing. We are who we are. This team isn't all of a sudden going to to reinvent itself. Marcus Satterfield is not going to reinvent himself with four games to go. And so, listen, I'm right there with you. Those of you who are hearing me say that, what I just said about you know when Sat will be can. I know there's many of you that just heard me say that, and you're furious. You're fired up. Listen, I'm on your side. If it were up to me, he'd be gone today. I'm on your side because I think as soon as you know that a guy ain't the guy, as soon as you know that, you're delaying the inevitable, not making a move, right? You're just delaying the inevitable. I said that about Muschamp, and I'll say that about Satterfield as well. Soon as you know, make the move. Make the move. Pick up the pieces. I know it's not quite that simple because there's contracts and there's buyouts. But we all know what must be done. And not to put up. Listen, again, I'm not trying to be the sunshine pumper here on this Monday, you know, whatever. But I, I was thinking about this. I was on the road for quite a while on Sunday, and I was thinking about this running through my mind. I was like, you know, I guess at least the positive for us is there's nothing worse in, in life, right, than when you're you're doing all the right things and and you feel like you're setting yourself up for the best possible success, and things still aren't working, right? And you and you can't identify the problem. You're like, what is it? What could it be? I did everything right. That can be one of the most frustrating things of all, right? I, I guess at least, if nothing else, if there is a positive, it's the fact that I think we're in a position that, thankfully, we don't have that problem when it comes to Gamecock football. Like, we know what the problem is. We know. It's Marcus Satterfield. And in this, and it's this offense. And, guys, you, you, can, you can sit there and argue me to your blue in the face that, Sat's a great OC. He knows football. He's smart. He's he's an offensive guru. You can argue all of those things if you want to. I don't think there's many of those folks left, but you can argue them if you really want to. But the bottom line is this, guys, and, and you can think Spencer Rattler's overrated and he's a bum. You can think all that you want to. The bottom line is this. You've got a five-star quarterback, a five-star running back. You picked up Antoine Wells out of the portal. You got Josh Van, who was your leading receiver a season ago. You got Jaheim Bell that you talk, you look at any NFL mock draft board or talk or look at any NFL scout talk about him. They rave about his skill set. You got Austin Stogner out the portal from Oklahoma, thought of as an NFL prospect. Got all those guys. And it's not just a situation, a case of, you know, the plays are there and they're just missing them for whatever reason or they're just, you know, here and there. I mean, this these guys don't even look like they know what the hell is going on. I mean, they, they don't even – they look lost. I mean, they look lost, man. 
They look lost. You know, we clamored for weeks, guys, about, man, we got to find an offensive identity. What's the offensive identity? Well, we have one. Newsflash, breaking news. We have an offensive identity. It's garbage. Our offense is garbage. It's anemic. It's putrid. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. Just keep it coming with the negative adjectives. However you want to label it, but that's what it is. We do have an identity. I'm hurting on this Monday, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm hurting. I I, I am. I am. Um, the season's not over by any means. It's not over. I guess the best news is, is you bounce back with, you know, all due respect to your opponent, Vanderbilt, right? Which I'm gonna get into the spread in that in just a second, but the you know, much closer spread than we'd probably all like to see. But um I, this one stings. I mean, guys, I, I labeled this game against Mizzou as the most important game of the season for a reason. And I'm not going to say everything you did against A&M and Kentucky's undid, right? Because, hey, you still snapped the streak to A&M. That was still a magical night at Willie B. It was still great to beat Kentucky. But that loss to Missouri leaves a black mark on this season that's really, really hard to overlook. And now all of a sudden, guys, right? All of a sudden, you know, you beat Kentucky this year, right? Yay, good, good job. Missouri, this streak you have against them has turned into the new Kentucky streak where it was like you lost to Kentucky four in a row, then five in a row, then six in a row. And it was it was one of those things every season we came into. Just a maddening, silly, just head-scratching streak. And Missouri has now taken over that role as that baffling streak, that, 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 that team the Gamecocks just can't beat. And that coach the Gamecocks can't beat because at this point, as as you can call him a dweeb, a dork, goofy. Hey, I did it. I did it. I piled on. But he owns South Carolina right now. I mean, he owns them. He owns the Gamecocks. I four and zero in his last four at two different schools. He owns South Carolina. That man loves playing at Williams Bryce Stadium. All he knows is winning. That's all he knows there. Winning games. I trust in Beamer. I, I I trust Shane Beamer, guys, 110%. And like I told you all, if it was up to me, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have fired Sat's ass immediately after the game. No question. And I know many of you out there are worried because, let's face it, Beamer and Satterfield are practically best friends. They were in each other's wedding parties, if you didn't know that. I'm I'm surprised at the amount of people that didn't know that. They were in each other's other's wedding party. They're like best buddies. 
And we, we've been down this road before, have we not? <laughs> Feels like deja vu. And I see it, man. I feel it myself a little bit, but I see it from Gamecock Nation. There's a lot of folks out there that have got PTSD from the Muschamp and Roper and McClendon and those days. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of P- There's a lot of scar tissue out there. A lot of scar tissue. And I get it. I totally get it. Because it feels like we've been stagnant on offense since Steve Spurrier left. This isn't like a two, three-year thing. I ignored the red flags. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I, I will say this. Again, fire sat, fire sat merch live on the store. It's fire sat all season long. And guys, again, I, I'll say this. I had the fire sat merch ready before the Kentucky game. <laughs> okay, so I've known for a while, but it was one of those things where even as the offense looked anemic, I was not going to be the guy to drop that merchandise after a win. You know what I mean? Like, like again, contrary to popular belief, I'd much rather us win than lose, right? I, I, I'd rather win games and drop merch talking shit about the opponent. I'd rather make videos with a stogie in my mouth than drop a fire sat shirt. But I'm also a man of the people. And I speak with the fan, not to the fan. I am a Gamecock myself, as we all know. So now here we are. But I'll say this, it's fire sat. Absolutely, there has to be a change at offensive coordinator. Hello, paging. Delete that. Hello, paging Shane Beamer. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? Fire Marcus Satterfield. Fire Sat. I can't watch another game in which you have a hundred yards of offense at half time. I can't watch another game in which you look over to the sideline, you check, you check, you check, you audible, just to get a yard. I can't watch another game filled with swing pass and screen pass and bubble screen and tunnel screen and screen, 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 screen. I can't do it. I can't watch another game of Marcus Satterfield driving Spencer Rattler's career into the ground. Ruining our future recruiting, the future of this program, because prospects see this shit going on. And they think, I don't want to play in that offense. I'm trying to get to the league. How are they going to get me to the league in that office? They can't even get their best player the football. 
I'll tell a joke, but I won't never tell a lie. Because that's facts. Can't even get the best player in the football. All that being said, guys, I, I, I will say this. Because I want to inject perspective. And we got, I need to get it rolling. We got a lot of voicemails, guys. We're going to be talking about this all week long. I could just keep going on and on because I'm, hey, this is my therapy Monday also. I'm using this as my my venting session, my therapy session. As I told you guys, I'm I'm laid up, man, trying to figure it out, looking for answers. Same as you. Same as you. Right? And so, I will say this. With all that I just said, let me also reinforce, this season is not over. And this team is still 5-3. and three. Am I pissed off that we lost to Missouri? Absolutely, yes. Am I disgusted with the way the offense looked? Yes. Do I think Marcus Satterfield should be fired? Also, yes. But on that note, guys, is the sky falling? No, it is not. Did the sun rise this morning? Yes, it did. Will South Carolina have better days than what we saw on Saturday? Yes, they will, guys. I told you when we came in to this five-game stretch of Kentucky, Texas A&M, Missouri, Vandy, Florida, right? What did I say? There's good news and there's bad news. The good news is every team we play is just as, if not more, flawed and inconsistent as we are. Right? So that means the good news is we could win all five games. Because every team we play in that five-game stretch is just as messed up as us. But the bad news is is that we could lose every one of them. They're all a coin flip. It's all a crapshoot. And I understand, listen, I'm not telling you to say, oh, well, you know what? Now that you put it that way, it's okay. I don't mind. We lost to Mizzou. Guys, I'm pissed too. Hell yeah, I'm pissed. But it's, it's, it's wild to me. It's wild to me that I had people just a couple of days ago calling into the Daily Crow saying, you know, Chris, if we go 8-2 and two into Tennessee, do you think we can get game day? Hey, Chris, if we go undefeated and Georgia loses a couple, could we go to the SEC championship? Hey, Chris, how about the Beamer Ball, Tat? Because we're going to win 10 games. We go from that to people saying, Chris, we're not going to win another game. Fire Beamer. I mean, literally in a couple of days. And I understand, hey, I'm going to say something that, you know, most would probably advise me not to say, but I'm going to say it. Because in the content world, it, it is, it is, it is, you know, it, it's a very popular thing and it can be good for content to be an extremist, one side or the other, right? I like to more so look at myself as bold, but with perspective. Because bold, Fire Satterfield. That's a change that needs to be made. But perspective, guys, to say we're going to lose out and, and just we should burn the program down and the sky is falling type mentality, pipe down, Chicken Little. It's okay. 
maybe South Carolina, maybe we're just where we're all we were where we were always going to be. Because you know what's weird, guys? Again, I said this a couple weeks ago. We're five and three right now. Exactly the record I picked us to have after eight games. <laughs> I mean, isn't it wild how that works out? It's just it's just wild. It's it's wild. And I got people saying, well, Chris, I mean, if we lose out, if we lose to Vandy, things are gonna be bad. Well, like, well, no shit, they're gonna be bad if we lose to Vandy. I wow, I I never thought of that. If we lost to Vandy, things will be bad. Oh, man. Beamer will really be on the hot seat then. No shit, Sherlock. No shit. I mean, Eureka. Like, I mean, I know, again, it's, 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 but I, I, I refuse. I understand in the SEC that the, the roller coaster, right? The range of emotions, the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low. I'm not telling you not to be pissed, not to demand better, because that was embarrassing, that was pathetic, that was pitiful. So many folks spent their hard-earned freaking money to tailgate. You got these parking lots out here charging $60, $80 to park. Then tickets are what they are. Then concessions are what they are. Then you got the drive. Then you got the traffic. And people, for people to sit in there and watch what they watched, hell yeah, be pissed off. Especially you were there in person. Be pissed off. I'm pissed off. But let's be pissed off about Mizzou and, and not just carry it into the rest of the season looking like four games down the road. I, that's, I, I guess that's where maybe I differ. I, I differ to some. It's like people draw conclusions for the rest of the season after each individual game. You beat Texas A&M, oh, that means you're winning out. You lose to Mizzou, oh, that means you're losing out. No, all losing to Mizzou and looking embarrassing doing so, all that means is you lost and looked embarrassing against Mizzou. What you did against Mizzou, guys, I got to be honest, it don't really mean jack shit for what you're going to do at Mandy. Not really. Doesn't really mean a whole lot. Anyways, it's fire Satterfield. Fix the offense. Fix the offense. Fix the freaking offense. For the love of God. 206 yards of offense. I know Mizzou's got a quality defense, but holy hell. We love Beamer ball to the freaking moon. I love Beamer ball. I love special teams. I love big defensive plays. But if you have a bad offense, which we do, and you've got an anemic offense, it will get exposed. It will get exposed, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, guess what? It's going to happen again. Because Marcus Satterfield has shown he's a one-trick pony. He, he, He is who he is. He's not changing who he is. And what he's done to be our offensive coordinator, what he's done to deserve that right, that privilege to be our OC, guys, I don't know. I don't know. And if Beamer wants to wait till end of season, you know what? I'll buckle in. We should buckle in and say, you know what? It is what it is. Fine. 
but a change has to be made because it is career sabotage if he brings Satterfield back as his OC next season. I'm not sitting here telling you that means I'll be saying fire Beamer. Absolutely not. But you think it's bad now. You, you think it's bad. Fire Satterfield. Fire Marcus Satterfield. Okay, let's hand out some game balls, guys. Um, want to recognize Austin Stogner, Antoine Wells Jr., Debo Williams, all really successful nights. Slap dig of the night, of course, Marcus Satterfield. And, and specifically, specifically, specifically Marcus Satterfield for getting Jaheim Ball, J- excuse me, Jaheim Bell, zero targets, zero. I want to make sure I clarify why he's getting this award. Finally, guys, our Cock Commander Award goes to punter Kai Kroger. Six punts, 43.5-yard average, and had three punts down inside the 20. Um, You know, listen, I I understand, guys, some people are going to scoff and laugh, and, well, your punter's the player of the game. That means you had a really successful day. (laughs) Listen, it is what it is. The content rolls on. Win or loss. You know, uh, good, bad, or ugly, doesn't really matter. So, Kai Kroger, Cock Commander Award winner, showing love to our specialist, and that's TSUS athlete Kai Kroger, by the way. Uh, guys, a couple of quick news and notes to get into before we do want to tell you about our friends over at Carolina Cigars. On a more positive, exciting note, uh, next week, November the 9th, Wednesday, November the 9th, we've got our event with Carolina Cigars in Hilton Head Island, guys. Cannot wait to be out there. I believe they're going to have the event catered. We're going to be smoking stogies, talking Gamecocks. Going to be a great time on the island, guys. Again, our friends at Carolina Cigars, who have been in operation since 2008. They've recently been taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Now, whether you're new to the cigar scene or you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable. Stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together, share conversations, and become friends. So, guys, if you're into cigars and you're on Hilton Head Island, you really do need to come by and visit them. They offer same-day shipping nationwide, free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions. Also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around Hilton Head Island, and they have special events throughout the year. Guys, they want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection they're very proud of and their beautiful cigar lounge. So, guys, when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. Guys, follow them on Instagram at Carolina underscore cigars. That's Carolina underscore cigars. You can also, by the way, if you want to place an order, you can DM them at that Instagram account. They will hook you up and get you taken care of. And also be sure, hey, tell them that Chris and the Spurs Up show sent you. They might hook you up with an extra stogie or two. Also, give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Ask to speak to Tom or Eric. Again, the Peterson family, they are absolutely incredible people, folks. Smoke them if you got them and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. And guys, you know, here's the thing. We didn't get to smoke that Mizzou pack 
I'm just hoping we get to smoke that sap pack really, really, really soon. Really soon. Uh, all right, guys, a couple quick news and notes, and then we'll get into your voicemails because, boy, oh, boy, of course, as you can imagine, we have got a lot of them. Uh, first thing, guys, Gamecocks open as a seven-point favorite over the Vanderbilt Commodores. I, I will be interested to see where that line goes. Uh, but, yeah, South Carolina just a touchdown favorite. After you play the way you play it, especially in offense, and, and Vandy's been tough at times this year, I, you know, at Kind of makes sense. So, Gamecocks traveling to Nashville, a touchdown favorite in that one. And then Shane Beamer, by the way, guys, here's a noteworthy uh, tidbit, if you will. Shane Beamer speaking to the media on Sunday night and his media availability. He was asked if there would be any changes to play calling, the play caller, anything in between. His answer, a very simple, nope. That's it. So, there will be no changes, at least for this week, at least at this time, in regards to Marcus Satterfield and the play call. All right. On that note, guys, we got a lot of listener voicemails to get into. I know you guys will be calling in all week as well on the Daily Crow, but let's knock out a couple of voicemails and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Griff, it's John. Um, driving back to Charlotte. Um, you know, I'm not a big complainer, but. Have you ever seen a more boring offense? And I'm not just saying Satterfield. I'm just saying, um, have you ever seen a more boring offense in your life? And if you're like every other fan in the the fan base and you want to point your finger at Satterfield and point it, I'm not a big fire coach guy. I trust the head coach. I trust Shane Beamer to make the right decision. But my gosh, you say if it's up to me, Shaheem would touch the ball 20 times a game, and he touches it zero <laughs> times tonight, not once. It's ridiculous. I've never seen a more boring offense in my life. I think we still have a good football team. I think we still can do great things with this season. But, my gosh, our offense needs something because we are the most boring offense in college football. I'll talk to you later, bro. John, my guy, I appreciate you calling in. I think that was really well said. I think that was actually a really level-headed take. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the offense is is <laughs> it's anemic. I mean, it's just and, and and to your point about the Jaheim Bell thing. I mean, like I said, man, it's it's just there's so much damning evidence against Marcus Satterfield that goes beyond the numbers on the field, the stats, which is what actually really matters. There's so much to point to and say, well, this is why you're incompetent. This is why you're incompetent. And that's without even looking at the numbers. I mean, that's the craziest part. That's the craziest part. Um, God, I mean, dude, we have so, so many voicemails. Let me see. I'm trying to find some of them that aren't three minutes long. Guys, I'll just say this. When you leave a voicemail, it's tough for me to play it if it's like three minutes because I'm trying to get as many as I can. All right, let me play this. This guy left three voicemails in a row, all about 10 seconds. So I'm going to fire these off so you guys can get an idea of how he was feeling on uh, on on Saturday afternoon. My question is for the offensive coordinator, the offensive play caller, how about play, calling some plays that, are, that aren't uh, textbook plays that are something out of the ordinary, something that they don't expect. Tonight, every single play was was expected. Thank you. 
Yeah, I want to know when you got a quarterback name of Rattler. When he gets rattled, pull his fucking ass out of there and put in Doty. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I got a question. Why didn't you run Rattler the whole game? Because every time he run the ball, he got positive yardage. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the voice, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's better to laugh than cry, I suppose. All right, let's keep it rolling. Hey, Chris. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Um, Can you imagine waking up on a Saturday? You go out, you play 18 holes of golf, shoot the best round you've ever had. You come back, and then you get kicked in the nuts by your wife. That's kind of what it felt like tonight. It's not great. It's not great. You got a team that uh, couldn't score a touchdown for, you know, the entirety of the game. It's a rough time, you know. I just, it's tough. Well put, my friend. I appreciate the voicemail. Very, uh, very well put indeed. All right, let's keep it going. Yeah, this is Jerry up here in Spartanburg. I'm a personal friend of Coach Ford. And the situation we've got right now is that Beamer needs help, just like Dabo needed help in his early years. And if we don't make a change, well, you can just pack up the whole lot and move on because this this isn't working. We are very tentative on offense, to say the least. And the man needs to go get the help that he needs in this offseason. Have a good evening. I mean, that's short, sweet, and to the point, man. I hear you. Right, let's keep it going. Satterfield's got to go, man. Um, you just can't keep making the same mistakes week after week under a microscope like that and just not get any better. Got to go. You just got to go. This is just so bad. It blows my mind to hear guys like Josh Van only have eight catches this whole year since the eighth game of the season. He's just not smart. He's just not utilizing our talent, calling the same shit over and over again. It doesn't fucking work. I mean, it's just fucking disgrace. Hey, Chris. Taylor here from down in the low country. I was just calling in one more swing pass or screen pass. Um, didn't think we had quite enough of us called in tonight. Um, on a serious note, Satterfield be his last game with Gamecock offensive coordinator without a shadow of a doubt. Shadow of a doubt. We have zero slant passes, nothing but pop passes to the outside. Even the commentators knew what plays were coming next. He is terrible. There's no rhythm. There's never been any rhythm all year. If it wasn't for special teams and defense, Carolina would not even have five wins right now. I just... It amazes me that he is still on the staff right now. He should be fired by Monday, and Carolina can move into a better direction. So, with that being said, I'm a diehard Gamecock fan. Looking forward to the next game. Hopefully, it'll be a lot better. Go Cox. Appreciate the voicemail, man. we got a lot of good ones here on this Monday. got a lot of good ones. Here we go. Uh, Chris, that was, uh, that was a tough one to watch. Um, I mean, our defense... They, they weren't looking the best in the first half. They definitely put up more, sit up more. Bend, but don't break, for sure, a little bit towards the end. But 
our offense has got to help them out. I mean, it's it's about ridiculous. People can go on Twitter and complain about Spencer. Spencer's doing fine. Uh, I really don't see an issue. At the end of the day, it's like our O-line's there for a couple of weeks, and then this week they're gone. Spencer, I mean, he was making throws. Um, I just, I don't know. Satterfield, he's got to go. I'm looking at play calls. I mean, the big one that was just blew my mind was last chance we have to even have a chance at the game. And we're over here third and 18, and we're calling a screen pass. It's like, well, why did we even walk out on the field? I just don't get it. And if Beamer can't seem to fire him, then I don't know what to say because it's so blatantly obvious. We've got Jaheim Bell. We've got Marshawn Lloyd, even though I know he was slightly injured. But, man, give the people the ball. These are our playmakers. They're the ones that's going to score the touchdowns. The players got to do it. Not these plays that they set up. We just got to fire Satterfield. We got to do it. Hashtag fire set. Go Cox. Well said, my man. Well said. We'll do two more, then we'll get out of here. Hey, man, I'd like to start off with um, what's your opinion on Satterfield, man? Like, I swear, it's like, the majority of third downs, third and longs, especially, we'll we'll run a wide receiver screen on like every third and long, um, and we had so much hype and momentum built up into this game. What's your main? Not sure. I don't know how to say it. I fucked up. I'm a diehard Gamecock fan. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can just move on. Love you, man. Keep up the great work. Hey, I appreciate it, man. You're good. No, I love the voicemail. Um, I, I mean, obviously, man, it's fire sap. It's fire sap. All right, one more. We'll get out of here. Hey, Chris, I just wanted to get your take on, because, you know, that last drive in the first half where we scored, we're really pushing the ball down the field, which, I mean, we kind of had to, given the time left in the quarter. But I noticed they really got away from that the second half, man, and, and with Marshawn not being in there, the totes are off. I just felt like we were really stressing them vertically down the field. It felt like they were either getting away with a PI or getting called for a PI or a defensive holding. And, and I feel like Spencer was making pretty good throws. And then it seemed like they didn't even try that again, especially in the fourth quarter when we were down two scores. So uh, if I could just get your take on that, man. I don't know. That really, really grinded my gears late in that ball game but uh yeah brother have a good night i appreciate the voicemail man yeah that that you know the end of the first half <clears throat> i thought when we were up tempo we looked better we looked better and i never went back to it i i, I mean satterfield's offense slow methodical uh, boring putrid i mean i just <laughs> Again, whatever negative adjectives you want to use to describe it, that's uh, you know I think it's I think it's fair. So, guys, a lot of great voicemails. I know there'll be a lot more of that on the Daily Crow this week, and that's what it's for. So, y'all tune in twelve to two. We'll take your questions, comments, calls, and uh, podcast. Obviously, dropping as normal this week. Uh, TDC is normal, like I said, Monday through Friday, twelve to two. We'll have Stephen Garcia on the show today. All of our normal guests on as well. So, uh, 
kind of be an electric week as uh you know we kind of get through and 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 discuss and banter and break down what happened over the weekend and get ready for the bandy game but uh yeah i just want to say guys in closing appreciate y'all thank y'all so much for always engaging always a pleasure to you know have banter with you all and and talk gamecocks and you know we'll find a way to to get through this together i suppose so folks again thank y'all so much appreciate y'all hey have a happy and safe halloween out there by the way hope you get all the candy you like and uh yeah Appreciate everything. Appreciate y'all tuning in, the love, the support. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday. We will talk to you all on Wednesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.